Bernie Sanders, well, he took home a big win with Hispanics in Nevada on Saturday in thanks to the help of illegal aliens working intensively on his campaign. Probably didn't hear about that. Probably didn't know about that. But yes, those little those little whippersnappers helped design the message for people who are supposedly here legally. At least that's what we're told, which is weird because I was told that legal Hispanics hated socialism. I mean, isn't that what we're always told? I'm told they love America and will vote Republican. Well, not the ones in Nevada who showed up in droves for Bernie. And you know, that's just the facts. That's just the facts on the facts on the facts. You cannot hate socialism and vote for a socialist. I mean, so how is that Latino assimilation going if they're going to turn out groveling at the feet of socialists while lapping up messages dreamed up by illegals? Hmm. Plus, these real IDs you got to get now for the airport. Have you guys heard about these? Uh, they're going to make you replace your old license with a new real ID at the airport if you plan on getting on the plane. However, the good thing about them is that illegals cannot get them. So, I mean, if only Galaxy Brain here, if only we used those to secure our elections as well, right? And finally, why do we elevate the worst people in America? Washington Examiner's Eddie Scary is here to explain. I'm John Miller, and the White House Brief begins now. What's up, everyone? John Miller here. If you haven't already, please go and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an epic episode of The White House Brief. Quickly want to tell you about our sponsor, who today is Home Title Lock. Is it shocking? Yes, I would believe so, that your home can be stolen this easily, but it can. And that is the brutal lesson that Deborah learned when thieves found her home's title online. They forged it and literally took ownership of her home. In an instant, thieves legally owned Deborah's home. She got evicted and spent a fortune in legal fees trying to get it back. We're not talking about the stuff in her home. We're talking about the home itself. The FBI is now calling home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes out there. And you do not want to be next. And that is why I urge you to protect the online title to your home with home title lock. The legal documents to our homes are kept online. So that means thieves can find them and hunt them down and use them against you. They forge the documents stating you sold your home and then they borrow against your home and then they stick you with the payments. And no insurance or bank protects you. Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of title fraud and not even know it. So you need to find out. And you can do that by registering your home at HomeTitleLock.com and enter code WHB for one month of free protection. Again, enter WHB for one month free at HomeTitleLock.com. That is HomeTitleLock.com. So we've got illegal aliens helping Bernie Sanders win in Nevada. And in just a minute, we're going to show you exactly how. Right now... Currently, the news media is fawning over how Bernie's big win over the weekend in Nevada was largely due in part to his outreach to Hispanic voters, and they can't seem to get over it. 
Bernie has integrated the Latino outreach as part of an integral part of his apparatus. 51 percent in our entrance poll, an outright majority in this crowded field of Hispanic voters. You've got the Latinos uh, stepping up now in a major, major way behind Bernie Sanders. He's running as if he's a Latino candidate now. Bernie Sanders is now decisively proving that he can win in milk white America and in the emerging superpower of color that we are becoming. That is a testing ground for how campaigns are doing with the Latino vote. Mm -hmm. And the Latino vote is huge in Nevada for a multitude of reasons, demographic change in the state over the last 20 years, the fact that a lot of uh, the state's economy depends on tourism, right. and tourism workers tend to be disproportionately Hispanic. Did he just say demographic change? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I thought that wasn't happening. They admit it after there's nothing we can do about it, but before that, they're like, oh, stop being a Nazi anytime you bring demographic change up. I mean, basically, unless I'm wrong, what he said here is that all of the people in the service industry are Hispanic because that's all they're good for, right? Taking American jobs and cleaning toilets. That's what Hispanics are good for. Here in the great state of Nevada, we've shipped, a, we, we shipped in a bunch of Latinos to make sure Americans cannot do that. Jobs Americans just won't do. Well, they are willing. You're just not going to let them by importing a bunch of people from other countries. So who is crafting these messages that indicate Bernie is, uh, quote, running as if he is a Latino candidate now? Well, one of his senior advisors calls himself, well, this is his name for himself, a Mexican redneck. And the guy who calls himself the Mexican redneck is a guy named Chuck Rocha. Now, Chuck joined Bernie Sanders' campaign as a senior advisor, but his duties also included crafting Spanish ads on television, radio, and internet. If anyone is responsible for the, quote, huge Latino outreach effort that has helped propel Sanders to the front of the Democratic pack, it is that guy I just showed you, Rocha. But Rocha, this guy, is not working alone, all right? Who exactly is helping Rocha? Because Rocha says that his Espanol is no bueno. Porque el Espanol de Rocha no es bueno, right? His Spanish is not good. So he's kind of useless when it comes to his very job of Hispanic outreach and speaking and reaching out in Spanish. So whom does he rely on? Hmm. Interesting. Well, Rocha relies on a 30-year-old illegal alien named Luis Alcauter. Rocha describes Alcauter as his right-hand man. Bernie Sanders is running for president for what country? Imagine, imagine running a campaign to become president of the United States of America and having someone who is not part of America, who is not part of the United States of America, to serve as your right-hand man. Alcauter, that's the illegal alien, and the other Latinos. Oh, wait, there's more? on Sanders' team aren't just helping with campaigning, they've also influenced policy and helped craft Sanders' immigration platform. So there are many illegal aliens on the team. Interesting. They're running the message to make sure it resonates. And another illegal staffer, because he has multiple, Belen Sisa confirms that fully integrating minority outreach work is emblematic of Sanders' approach to politics. And Sisa's name may sound familiar to you if you've been really paying a close attention, extremely close attention to the 2020 race. That name might sound familiar. Why? Because this was the same guy Bernie Sanders announced as his new deputy national press secretary. 
Hmm. Why would you elect people who are not American citizens to do that? Especially, I mean, why would you attract illegal aliens to craft a message to people whom I'm told naturally vote Republican? Right. That's what we have always been told. We have been told for the last several decades that GOP, the GOP line on this issue has been that Hispanics are natural conservatives and therefore they should vote Republican. Well, should they? Because that is clearly not is not what's happening. Certainly not in this state of Nevada. According to an NBC News Nevada entrance poll, well, Hispanic voters, Sanders won them by 54%. That is almost four times as many as the second place person, who is Joe Biden, who only got 14%. Now, Sanders is a socialist and everybody knows that. That's a direct quote from him in 1990. He is a socialist and everybody knows that. And clearly what Sanders is doing appeals to a lot of Latino voters in Nevada, which should bother everyone paying attention because that means that the demographic shift, you know, the one we just heard homeboy from the Hill talk about when he admitted, quote, demographic change in the state over the last 20 years is happening. That means a transformational shift for America when these changing demos spread to the rest of the country and they will. It means more immigration will lead to more of Bernie Sanders' policies if we let immigrants impose their culture on us. Because you look in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, they've already been holding events like tamales for Tio Bernie, which means tamales for Uncle Bernie. Latinos are one of the most important voting blocks in California. We almost make majority in California alone. And if we're able to come out in high numbers for Bernie, we'll be able to tilt the delegate count in our favor and win California. Uh, doesn't that sound exciting? I want to dance. I want to salsa. I mean, I'm really just brokenhearted. I'm really upset I didn't get the invite for tamales para tío Bernie. You know, Bernie, he's that tío that will take care of you. He's going to do Americans good, all right? I mean, really, is that the American way? Do Americans want government taking care of you? Shouldn't you be taking care of yourself? Well, this is what happens when you let millions of people into the country and don't require any sort of assimilation. They bring the bad policy ideas that made them leave their home countries in the first place. If you're an immigrant here in America, let us Americanize you. Because when you move to a new, better place, you should be required to embrace the things that make it better than where you came from. Assimilation means you adopt the culture here. And if you don't love the culture here, if you love everything about where you came from, then you are free to get on a Greyhound and head straight to the border. That's our first story. Have you heard of the new Real ID law? Goes into effect October of this year. It's a kind of ultra-verified, extra-secure license. And if it meets all the requirements, it gets a little star, a little California bear on it, uh, and they call it a Real ID. So if your driver's license is not currently Real ID compliant, then you're going to be denied entry into federal office buildings, and more importantly, you won't be allowed to fly, even on domestic flights. That means if you need to go to a social security office or if you want to fly across the country to visit your family, to, to visit grandma, you're going to first need to stop at the DMV, provide multiple documents confirming your identity and your legal status in the United States. 
This is a law that was enacted back in 2005, and the purpose of this law was to make it harder for terrorists to assess potential targets. Uh, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt, right, to have to make a trip to the DMV, especially if you still have a few years left on your license, yada, 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 and it expires. But if they're going to require these at the airport, I want to know why the hell aren't we requiring these real IDs to vote? I don't need to remind you that we're in an election year. And as I said in the earlier segment, the Democrat frontrunner, Bernie Sanders, is promising all the benefits of being an American to illegal immigrants if he wins. Yeah, chew on that for a sec. I mean, why should you be denied food stamps? Why should you be denied free health care and Social Security and free college and free everything else that Bernie is planning to provide? Why should you be denied all of that just because you snuck in here illegally? If I were an illegal immigrant, uh, I would do everything I could to get this guy elected, meaning Bernie, including voting for him, even though I have no legal right to do so. But I can just saunter on up to the voting booth and say, oh, I'm this person, vote for Bernie, and that's that, and they won't question you. A recent NPR poll shows that 41% of Americans believe that the United States is either not very prepared or not prepared at all to keep our elections safe this November. You know, I thought election integrity, it's of the utmost importance, right? That's what we're told, and I agree with that. And considering that the real ID laws go into effect in October, well, it seems like it would be a perfectly reasonable time to require them on election day in November. You know, I've talked about voter ID requirements many times before on this program. You know, and they love to insist, oh, black people, they're just, they're just so poor and dumb and helpless that they can't find the DMV. They have no idea where the DMV is. Oh, massa, can you help me figure out where to go to the DMV? I need to get a license just like everyone else. I want one of those fancy IDs. And the real thing, the thing about a, the real ID requirement is that clearly the United States government has determined that this is a reasonable thing to require. So why not extend it to voting? Why not make our voting process actually honorable? And I don't mean for the federal government to take control over elections. I just mean know who's voting. You know, Iowa, they can decide who they want to nominate using coin tosses. Nevada can still play card games to decide who they want to nominate for the next president of the United States. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, integral elections. That sounds real full of integrity to me. You know, they're always talking. They're always talking our ears off on CNN, MSNBC about the integrity of our elections. Oh, how sacred is it? Yada, yada, yada. Donald Trump. Oh, Russians, Russians, brain mush, poopy head. Like, what are you even talking about? You guys are making stuff up. You know, when you think about it, it's amazing that more people don't feel like our elections aren't secure when you're not asking for freaking ID at the elections. But come election day, each state should want their citizens to feel like this election is valid because the votes were taken fairly free of foreign meddling and real IDs will do that. Real IDs will prevent foreign meddling in our election. And I mean in the form of illegal aliens voting. So what's the holdup here? Why aren't they all over this? They should be. Spit spot. It's time to secure our elections and you have the power to do it. All right, coming up next, I said before that woke culture will be the destruction of our country, and I meant it. But first, I want to tell you about ExpressVPN. You've probably heard, even used a VPN service before, but for those of you who haven't, what exactly is it? 
Well, it's a safe way to browse the web without having to worry about all the private information you've got stored on your computer from being broadcast to everybody. And if you're like me, I like to do my research for first, and I will only recommend brands to my viewers that I actually believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best one on the market. And here's why. First of all, it doesn't log your data, so they don't have all your information in their own uh, database. Doesn't sell your data to companies. And you know how many of these VPN services, they slow your computer down, they make it like molasses, or you know everything is just working sluggishly? Well, I can tell you I've been using ExpressVPN for about a year now. I started using it in March of last year, and my internet speeds are fine. They're as fast as they were before I started using it, so you don't have to worry about that. You know, And the really cool part is you could be 1,000 miles away, and you could still stream HD quality videos with no lag. And then the other cool part that I really like, um, if you watch a lot of Netflix, you know some of those videos aren't available if you're in another country, or vice versa here, foreign films aren't available to you. Well, ExpressVPN lets you still watch US movies in other countries by just logging in from the US. So it's really cool. I urge you to check it out. Super easy to use. You literally just fire up the app and click one button to connect. I mean, if you can use, if I can use it, let me tell you that, then you can too. In fact, grandma can use it, grandpa can use it, everybody can use it, it's super easy. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash WHB today. Do that and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash WHB, expressvpn.com slash WHB. Go there now to learn more. All right, joining me now is Eddie Scary. He's the author of Privileged Victims, How America's Culture Fascists Hijacked the Country and Elevated Its Worst People. Thanks for joining us, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm oh, happy to be here. So who are America's worst people? America's worst people are the people who they know that in our culture today, all you have to do to advance is to claim some kind of victimhood, and it's always based on um, gender or race or sexuality. I think the... Um, ultimate example of that would have been someone like Jesse Smollett. And my only my only regret about what happened there was that he didn't wait until February 25th, which would have been coincided with my book, to make his hoax hate hate crime um, claim. But, you know, you look at what happened with that. He wanted to get more famous. He wanted to get more money. This is according to Chicago police. And so he said, I was attacked by the privilege and the privilege today are uh, it tends to be white male Trump supporters. He says I was attacked by white male Trump supporters and um, they did it because I'm black and because I'm gay. Uh, It turned out that was a complete lie. But the thing is, so many people in our society know that this is what you do to make advancements. You have to just make make a claim of grievance, victimhood, oppression, based solely on the fact of your, or, or on the basis of your gender, race, or sexuality. And he did it at the expense of good, innocent people, because in doing so, he kind of showed, you know, all of Trump supporters are insane and crazy, and they just go out in the two-degree weather, <laughs> negative-degree weather, actually, and just beat people in the streets. Right. And literally, there is so little animosity toward blacks and gays that he literally had to make it up out of thin air. Right, particularly in Chicago. <laughs> right. MAGA um, country, you mean? Right. And, and what was interesting about his case um, from the start was when I heard it, I thought, I have heard this multiple times. There, And I document this in a chapter about hoax hate crimes, um, where it is about someone who wanted attention for something, draw attention to something, or simply um, get notice for themselves, personal notice. Um, they make the claim, in, in many cases, before 
Jesse Smollett, it was um, actually Muslim women who were saying, uh, "I was, my hijab was snatched off my head by, <laughs> right. by oh. white Muslim white." Was uh, that the Trump one on the supporters. train? I think that's exactly. yeah. yes. But there were actually, and I didn't know this until I started researching the book. I have at least a, probably eight to ten cases of the exact same story that mm-hmm. happened around the nation. He was only the latest one. You had the church that I believe someone drew a, a swastika on, maybe it was, mm-hmm. and then it turned out to be the parishioner at the church. Mm-hmm. You had another church that burned down. It turned out to be the right. gay organ player at the church right. who did that. And so they, a lot of them end up just being completely made up out of thin air. It's almost as if these people want to be oppressed. Oh, right. And it's not even, this isn't necessarily confined to Trumpism. Again, this is a this is a culture book. It's not a partisan book. It's not a pol- political book necessarily. It's a culture book. What's going on with our culture? Um, and one ex- another example is when, um, and the New York Times was the, one, was the one that made this case, and they tried to link it back to Trump, but saying that there was this rash of um, anti-Semitic attacks on cemeteries, and they linked it to uh, another anti-Semitic thing with church uh, or with synagogues. And it turned out that the one with the um, with the tombstones that were knocked over at different churches, it was a black man who was angry at his uh, a best friend of his, and he was drunk one night, so he went over and knocked these things over. But the New York Times says, "Oh, this is the the latest incident of uh, Trump-inspired violence," and they just made that up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they just they made draw it up. The connection anywhere they can because that's that's the dynamic that. Um, the other part of the book is the culture fascist. That includes the national media, by and large. It's it's Hollywood, and it, where it all starts back is um, academia, what's going right. on in our colleges, and it is raging all over the college campuses in America. Um, but no, again, that's that's the that's the dynamic that animates Hollywood and uh, the national media is the privileged versus the victims. So I want to get to Hollywood and academia in a sec, but the New York Times basically made that story about the tombstone, mm-hmm. yet... You know, they're the journalists and you are some, you know, right wing hack uh, who's writing a partisan screed about, uh, you know, (laughs) simply how conservatives are actually victims. Uh, How does that how do they square that away? Because I'm sure you're going to get if you haven't already, you know, uh, dragged through the mud for this book simply because you're touching the people you're not supposed to touch. Right. You're not supposed to touch Jesse, although um, that was so obvious that even, you know, universally he's kind of been condemned. But. You know, you're not supposed to touch Jesse. You're not supposed to attack or even reveal the Muslim girl mm-hmm. on the train for being a liar. Right. You're certainly not allowed to talk about black people who aren't actually the victims of all of this stuff, and yet you are. And you're simply doing it on a fact-by-fact basis, and yet it's probably going to be um, smeared as some sort of hateful book. I hope so. Um, but no, <laughs> the, the thing is that a lot of these things just simply disappear. You never hear about them again. You have to dig through um, local newspapers, um, archives to, to find out where, where this stuff actually ended up because you'll hear about it all over the nation, national media. I mean, no one no one had heard of Jesse Smollett outside of Empire viewers. I had never heard of him. I had never him. heard of him either. Um, and then suddenly overnight, he is a celebrity, mega celebrity. And I don't think anyone who, the outpouring of support he got, he became a national or a national household name overnight. Um, nobody who helped that happen, which by and large, it did involve the Democratic Party. You had the AOCs of the Democratic Party coming out and saying, I'm so sorry this happened to you. This is hate under Trump. This is white supremacy on the rise under Trump. We find out that he lied about this whole thing, and yet never has anyone apologized. Some of them might have deleted their tweets, but we never saw an apology. So how do we square it away? Well, it just disappears. You're yep. never supposed to think about it again because the national media completely stops covering it. I mean, it was institutionalized. You had... Well, it was her name, Kim Fox, who right. rec- mm-hmm. recused herself, but right. like didn't actually recuse herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and that was the uh, friend of Michelle Obama's. So it really went to the highest levels um, that it could. But you have this stuff permeating every single level mm-hmm. um, of life. I, it, that, I mean, yep. that is what it is. You have academia, you have Hollywood, you have the media. All of this stuff yep. and all of these, you know, alleged victims 
are given a a, a microphone to mm-hmm. grieve their to, to to air their grievances. Exactly. No, and that's what it is. That's why I talk about the culture fascists, how they hijacked the country and elevated its worst people and privileged victims, uh, because what they what they do is they perpetuate this this whole concept of oh just just say that you've been oppressed, aggrieved, victimized by um, on the basis of your gender, your race, or your sexuality. There's an entire chapter based on um, or that's about uh, the tr- trans thing that's going on in America, the transgender. Um, that whole thing is a is a complete victim complex. There, over and over at the debates, by the way, the Democratic debates and the Democratic Party is a big part of this book, even though it's not a partisan book, but. Over and over at those debates, you had someone saying, even I think Julian Castro said, we need to have, we need to protect trans women who need abortion. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> there is not does this he even think about what they're saying? I, or are they just trying no, to hit no, all the need, buzzwords? You need to hit the buzzwords. And they know right. that this is, this is not the Democratic Party anymore. It's the Social Justice Party. Um, but again, they, they even talked about violence that's been committed against um, transgender women in particular, and, and then black transgender women, because um, they're just ticking off the boxes. Right. But again, I just want to say that that's not, that's also not real. I've got stats on that. The, those are largely drug-related, and it's and oftentimes it's someone in their own family that did something because of a dispute that had nothing well, that's to do with gender. <laughs> that's fascinating. I actually didn't know that it was it was family members. Oh yeah, I yeah. knew that it was likely. I mean, you know, there were high-risk uh, lifestyles, prostitution, right, and drugs, drug, and prostitution, muggings. But I didn't know about the families. So that's interesting. Um, and then you know, it's fascinating because you have all of these trying to check the right boxes, trying to check all of them, and then who's running away? It would appear as of right now. With the nomination, it's the oldest and whitest of them all. Oh, right. And, you know, Julian Castro, who you mentioned, you know, wouldn't he be the one to attract all of these Hispanics in Nevada? You would, okay, was, so I actually just wrote about this um, earlier at the Washington Examiner. Is uh, Bernie Sanders likely, it looks like, will be the social justice nominee of the Democratic Party? And how did he do this? He got through this by um, every day calling President Trump a racist. He sat at a debate, and I think almo- it was almost covered nowhere. That I, You would think that this would have been covered everywhere. But um, he said that this society, American society, is top-down racist. From the top down, we have a racist society. We've got a racist criminal justice system, racist health care system. Um, so just pounding that message home over and over again, and then, and then covering the rest of the bases, saying the way we equalize this out is we're giving power to everyone who claims grievance. That's what the reparations is about. That's what um, every single giveaway really is about. Like it, This idea that it's a socialist uprising, yes, that's a story, but we're looking at a social justice uprising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's exactly right. Last thing, Harvey Weinstein, he looks like he might be facing prison time, and uh, he was just... Uh, they, 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 I think it was sexual assault that they actually convicted him with. Rape. <laughs> um, right. They, yeah. I have a whole chapter in my book on Me Too, and I think we should never forget that I, I hope he gets what he deserves. Um, but this is what Me Too was created for. It was created for people like Harvey Weinstein who were in power. There was overwhelming evidence that they were taking advantage of these young women, abusing many of these young women. Um, and yet there are, the Me Too movement has kind of gotten out of control, and it's all about the social justice thing. Believe all women was the Hillary yeah. Clinton issue. Um, and there are many men who have suffered from this, mostly, by the way, on college campuses. Yeah. And, and you know, and believe all women, ex- unless that woman happens to be uh, some sort of conservative mm. and then, you know, maybe not so much. But in all of these instances, I think, you know, they've in most cases taken something 
that is probably um, noble. You know, the Me Too movement right. started off yeah. a, as a, a, a noble venture, and then all of a sudden it gets corrupted. And anyone who, you know, now some college campuses have these rule books where you literally, if you make an advance that's not wanted right. on a woman, she's allowed to say that was some sort of assault. Or there's a consensual event. Sometimes it involves alcohol, but the next day, if she someone, they yeah. regret it. Yeah. <laughs> and I Sex, think you regret. There. That's we've considered, there. That's considered rape. And that, that's, that's the standard now is if you regret it, um, that's, that's perfectly, you're perfectly allowed to say, I was taken advantage of, I didn't consent, or I had reverse consent. I'm taking, I'm retracting my consent in the aftermath, um, and yet still. But, but that's, that's the thing. As you said, it started out as a noble movement. Social justice corrupts anything and everything that it touches. And it really does. And the, these awards, you know, they're held up on a pedestal and they're given awards. Mm -hmm. These awards that are on the cover of your book, they don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> because they don't, you know, they're given out to everybody. And exactly. they're given out to the losers often, yep. which is, you know. That's the, the, the Hollywood chapter of my book is just what are the awards, the Hollywood awards ceremonies, if not tributes to victimhood, grievance, and oppression. You get everyone on stage who just gets to say, here's the victim that we need to pay attention to. Even in the case of Meryl Streep saying, this room is full right. of victims, which are some of the most powerful people in the country. She says we're all victims. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just an upside-down world. Eddie, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> thank it. Thank you. All right. That was Eddie Scare, everyone. Privileged Victims is his book. You can get it where books are sold. Thanks for watching, everyone, and we will see you next time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it, and if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.